Hey everybody, this is your host, LaVie. Welcome to Thrift Therapy, the podcast all about thrift life. Recycling, collecting, DIYing, all the ups and downs, ins and outs of thrifting. So glad you joined me for this thrift adventure. Oh guys, I'm so glad to be here today. We have some stuff to talk about. I know you guys are deep in the throes of holiday shopping, those of you who celebrate this time of year. I imagine that you are in the malls, in the thrift stores, in the Rosses, in the TJ Maxxes, in those stores where you're looking for the best deal for your Christmas gift list, for your Hanukkah exchanges, for all the different holidays that are around this time of year. I've always found holiday shopping to be very stressful, so I'm so grateful that I just decided I don't have to do that anymore, but my heart goes out to each and every one of you out there struggling. My husband took me to dinner last night, and we went to eat at this fancy steakhouse. Now, while we're vegetarian, we like to go to their bar and have their bisque and their dessert. It's fantastic. So we went to Perry's out at La Quintera, and... uh, Oh my God, it was so busy. There was nowhere to park. and People were just running around with packages everywhere. Don't get me wrong. I love shopping. Don't get me wrong. I love gifts. And I love parties. But I worked in retail. As you guys know, because I've talked about it a couple times on the podcast. And I don't know. It's just not my favorite time of year to shop. So I'm going to leave that to y'all. Be sure and tag me in Facebook photos or on Instagram and let me see some of your Christmas hauls. I'm thinking about doing a Christmas haul because I want to hit up some of the sales that are happening and I want to see what it's like to go Christmas shopping if you're not a Christmas participator. That could be a new perspective for me. So it'll be fun. If I decide to do it, I'll let you know in the Facebook group and um, that is Thrift Therapy on Facebook. You can like the page and request to join the group. So I hope to see you over there. I have some news for you guys. I set up a merchandise shop on my website, which is thrifttherapypod.com. You can go to the merchandise section. And right now I have one design up, and it's the famous, hilarious, resting thrift face, a quote from the episode with Ashley Renz, uh, the DIY episode. Now you can get that on a mug. You can get it on a tote bag. You can get it on a t-shirt, a sweatshirt, whatever floats your boat. You can pick the color that you like, too. I have some new designs that I'm working on. One of them is from another episode about collecting. And um, July said, that's the smell of savings. And so I am putting that on a t-shirt with probably some mothballs because, come on, you know, that's the smell of savings. And I'm working on a couple of other fun designs like that. So be sure and hit up the merchandise section if you want to get some of your thrifty friends, some podcast merch, or hey, if you want to buy them a thrift bag, I've set up an, a pay option on my webpage under the thrift bag service. If you want to get a subscription for somebody, you can pay for it via Patreon and you just email me and let me know that who that's for and their email address, and I'll send them the survey and a holiday message of your choice. You just tell me what you want me to say, and I will say it. Also, if you just want to buy them a one-time thrift bag, 
you pay with the PayPal option. That's just a one-off. You get one thrift bag. And then I'll do the same thing. You just email me. Tell me who it's for. Give me their email address. I'll email them a holiday message in the survey. So if you have thrifty friends and you don't quite know what to get them, but you know that they love thrift, a thrift bag could be really fun for them. Or a piece of Thrift Therapy Pod merch. So hop over in the Facebook group. Let me know what you think. Let me know what your heart's desires are for merchandise, and I will get on that shit. That's my goal for the next year for the podcast is to really grow the merchandise area of ThrifttherapyPod.com. All right, so let me tell you guys, I have sent out the subscription bags for November. They have all landed by now, it looks like, through the post office. I held them an extra week so I could get those after Thanksgiving sales, but it created a lot of anxiety for me to have them running into December. So this year, I'm sorry, this holiday, I'm not going to hold the bags to get the post-Christmas sales. I'm just sending them out on the 20th. The good news is I have three subscriptions available. So if you do want to buy a subscription for somebody or you want to buy one for yourself, everybody that gets a December thrift bag is going to get some kind of glamorous thing that you can wear to a New Year's party or a Christmas party. The bags are going out on the 20th, so you have they're going out after the 20th, so you have to sign up by the 20th because I want to send them out before Christmas. I want you to have your New Year's goodies well in time. So that is my pledge to all thrift baggers for December. If you sign up before the 20th, you're going to get some sort of holiday gear. And I love shopping for glitz and glamour. Super excited to send you guys some sequins, some taffeta, some organza, some beads, some vintage Christmas sweaters, you know, just just the, the fabulous stuff. Maybe some cool hats or gloves or fancy bags. I'm going to send you thrills. So sign up, tell a friend, but don't tell them until after you sign up because there's only three spots for this month. Am I right? Okay. So I'm going to do a record review today. Yay! But I can't decide if I want to do thrift stories or a record review first. Let's do the record review. Shut down the mindless summer We're getting by on welfare It's Christmas Eve, I'm walking home Not a dollar to my name Night is almost on me A night I'm almost dreading No store-bought gifts to open But there'll be Christmas just the same it's just another homemade Christmas in Kentucky. Just odds and ends I fashion with my heart and with my hands. It's just another homemade Christmas in Kentucky. The record I'm reviewing today is a Kenny Rogers Christmas album called Kenny Rogers Christmas. I know, very creative, so innovative. That's why I'm reviewing it because I know it's going to be chock full of just brand new ideas from way back when that we've just all forgotten about. 
Not really, but the song you ju- clip you just heard is a song I don't think I've ever heard before, so maybe it's unfair to be snarky. It's called Kentucky Homemade Christmas, which was kind of cool because I was just in Kentucky, as you know, and I thought that would be a fun little memory for me, and if you're from Kentucky or you visited Kentucky, maybe it would feel a little nostalgic for you. I like the song. I think it's kind of funny. I It does kind of encourage you to do some weird behaviors, like uh, something about a Christmas doll and uh, rob a bank to get the doll or something. I don't know about all that. So maybe I should say that, what is that disclaimer, right? The views expressed by Kenny Rogers do not necessarily reflect the views of this podcast. Yeah, that's it. But I, it's the second track on the A-side of the record. Uh, you know, it's good enough. It's not the same old, same old. I'm going to play you a clip of one of my favorite Christmas songs. I still like it. It's called Carol of the Bells. You know the song. Everybody knows the song. It is one of my favorite Christmas songs. And I think maybe because it's not really very religious. It's got like a nice rhythm and nobody's getting date raped. And, you know, just all the things that... <laughs> It holds up over time. How about that? It holds up well over time. So let me play you the Kenny Rogers version. Hark how the bells, sweet silver bells, all seem to say, Phil cares away, Christmas is here. I'm in the cheer, too young and old, meek and the bold, ding dong, ding dong, that is the song, with joyful ring, all caroling, one seems to hear, words of good cheer, from everywhere, filling the air. So I would love to know what your favorite Christmas song is. Um, I don't have a lot of favorites. Again, working in retail really bums you out about Christmas songs. Like they start in October and then by the time Christmas rolls around, it's like what I remember is thinking if I have to hear this song one more time, I'm going to stab somebody in the eyeball with these scissors I'm using to cut scotch tape or something like that. It was just, you know, it's like a... American Psycho moment in your head sometimes when you hear those songs. At least if if you're me. If the you I'm talking about is me, then that's what happens. But I would say, as far as Christmas albums go, if you find Kenny Rogers Christmas out in the thrifting wild and it's a dollar or less, sure, why not? Get it. Why not have some country Christmas songs to listen to? If it's more than a dollar, pass. If you really love Christmas... Get it, whatever it costs. I think it's a good addition to your collection. If you hate Christmas and it's 25 cents, skip it. <laughs> so that's the that's the reveal. I would give it, I have to limit it to Christmas albums because it wouldn't be fair to compare it to uh, secular pop music or secular country music. But I would say out of all the Christmas albums I'd heard, I'd give it three nagels. That's fair. Okay, three nagels. Do what you will with that. Moving on. Okay, I want to tell you guys my thrift story for the week because I actually have one. I went thrifting this week. In fact, I went yesterday before I started recording the podcast. It's become a little bit of a tradition that on my way home from my, um, I run a group one Saturday a month 
And on my way home from that, I stopped by the Salvation Army that's close to my house over on Braun Road. And that's where I got that fabulous rug, the rug that everyone has died over. Me too. I die every time I see it. I'm like some kind of uh, resurrected zombie walking around all the time. Anywho, that Salvation Army has been giving me all the goods in terms of furnitures and uh, home accessories of late. So I've started going at least once a month. I hit that Salvation Army now. So I went there. And it did not disappoint. It also, it gifted me the thrift gods knew, I guess they know I'm going now, and they put this piece of furniture there. This divine desk that is perfect. I've been sort of fantasizing about a desk like this, and this one is the perfect size. It's not real big. It's not real small. It's got little bookshelves. It's got a drawer, and it's got these gorgeous spindled legs on Anywho, it's perfect for me. But the price was not perfect. It was 180 and I was a little, ouch, because it needs to be stripped. It needs to be restained. I don't know if I'm about the restaining at 200 bucks. you know. Like, I'm all about it at the $50. But so I thought, well, let me sit on it, and I'll see if I want it. But I've decided I, I think I'm going to get it. So if it's there and I go back, I will get it. If it's not, I'll move on and keep looking for a desk. Because the price really stalled me. So I recovered from that and walked around. And as I thought about the desk, I found these divine uh, copper tart pans and cookie tins that you hang on the wall. They have like a little thing that you hang. Oh my God, they're so cute. They have like 20 of them in all these different sizes and shapes. So I picked out all my favorite ones. And I'm going to make a little vignette on some wall somewhere in my house. Uh, a little collection of copper baking tins, which I have often wanted but never purchased, and I got $20 worth of them yesterday. They're super cute. But here's the coup de grace. I got a dress from the, I don't know, it's like the nightgown section, and it was 10 bucks, which I think is really high for the Salvation Army. This vintage 80s button up the front, oversized, you know, very Norma Kamali looking, um, silk de chine dress. It had stains on it. Well, I also found this zip-up little robe there that was in um, red fleece with gold yellow stars and trim, adorable, like, you know, your wildest dreams as a punk rock girl. But it had grease stains that had been probably run over with a motorcycle and parked on top of this thing for 20 years. So I let that one go, but I decided to run with the dress and see if I could get the stains out. And I'm happy to report I did. So I wore it out on a date last night with my husband, and I felt really fabulous. It was cool. So that was my awesome thrift haul. I picked up a few things for Patreons as well. You'll just have to be surprised and see what those are. I'll post a picture of the dress. I'll post a picture of the desk because you know I took one. And uh, you can weep with me if it's not there for me when I go to grab it. All right. You need to tell me about your thrift hauls. Be sure and post on Instagram or in the Facebook group. And tag me in it so I can check it out. Lately in the Facebook group, we play, we've been playing a guess how much game. And that's really fun. So what you do is you go post a picture of a thrift haul. And then you say guess how much. And then we all guess how much. 
Well, I think it's time for our interview, and I'm super excited to bring on the guest because she is a mega thrift babe. She has a brand called Thrift Babes, and you can join her Facebook group of the same name. It's none other than Sammy Davis of New York City and of Sammy Davis Vintage Thrift Wars. She's a YouTube star and an entrepreneur in New York City where she gives thrift tours every weekend to people who are visiting. And she loves vintage and especially loves vintage coats and covets the space to put them in. Without further ado, Sammy Davis. Hello. 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 Hi. I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. Yay, me too. I'm so happy to be here. I need some thrift therapy today. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> well, I've been on a roll with the therapeutic part lately, so it's okay if we also just have fun. I'm, I have way too much fun. So yeah, I will totally bring the fun today. So thank you for having me. <laughs> cool. Well, you know, how we met was uh, we were introduced by a mutual online couple of friends, actually. I was getting messages from a couple of thrift therapy listeners. He's like, you need to join this group and you need to meet Sammy. And so that's I how I that. found you. I didn't know that. Well, it was Madeline. I'll just name call her um, little shout out who said, you need to listen to thrift therapy because I'm um, going back and forth with starting a podcast, but I will share in this moment. I'm still thinking about just th throwing myself back into YouTube. I have a YouTube channel. But as you know, there's a lot of editing behind that. Um, so I was just throwing out the idea of a podcast. And she was like, I was like, are there thrift podcasts? I don't even know. <laughs> and she said thrift therapy. And you are the top thrifting podcast out there right now. Like, I'm sure you're very humble. But I did some searching and it's you. So Yay, I'm yeah. glad you're here. I was, uh, when I was starting the podcast, I was told by more than one people, and, you know, at that time, they were friends, uh, not like people that are listening to the podcast, because I was starting it, mm -hmm. that, uh, that it wouldn't be a good idea to do a thrifting podcast, that it's a visual thing. And I was like, well... I disagree because I don't want to be tied down to a screen when I'm busy. And I would just love to hear somebody talk about thrifting so I can vacuum and write right. papers. <laughs> so I did it. And I'm really glad I did because there are some challenges with getting the content uh, described verbally when it comes to items thrifted. But the whole rest of thrifting is about experience. It's not about items anyway. So exactly. I think it works. A hundred percent works. And I can tell you now, Sammy, I was checking out your YouTube videos. They're fabulous. And I would definitely not do YouTubing. I do not want to get dressed and put on makeup every time I have something to say. <sighs> that is the, that is the conundrum. <laughs> I'm like, man, because like, you look fabulous. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I have to like, for 10 a.m. Like, this is ridiculous. But yeah, it's 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 so much fun. I mean, why I like YouTube um, is I, I can I can showcase stores. I can give them eyeballs that they wouldn't have been able to receive otherwise. Because as you and I both know, thrift stores, vintage stores, consignment shops, whatever, anything in the secondhand world. They don't have a huge marketing budget. It's really word of mouth. Um, so I feel like I want to showcase the stores that deserve the free advertisement. And I want 
you know, my following quote unquote, you know, how, however I want to describe them, people who enjoy my content to go check out that store if they can. I, well, I see what you're doing on YouTube and it looks like you haven't mm-hmm. posted a video in a while, but they're really cool. I like your ideas. Like in particular, I really like the ones where you do a thrifting transformation mm-hmm. It's where you kind of like give someone a style makeover. That's really mm-hmm. fun. I love it. How did you come up with that idea? You know, I think like most, especially thrifters, right? You know, we're open to possibility. I think to be a thrifter, you have to just be open to possibility because you're not like, okay, let me go get my my red shirt and my red pants and call it a day. Um, we're just open spirits to what the universe presents us. And so when I decided to create content again for YouTube, I was having a personal transformation myself with redirecting my life back to what was making me happy. And in that, you know, opening of my heart, I was starting to get ideas again. I was starting to brainstorm and think through, okay, what have I done in the past that's worked? And, you know, how have I grown um, as a creator and as a thrifter? Um, So what can I do moving forward? And again, like I just spoke about, I think the number one thing that all thrifters who are leaders in the thrift space, such as yourself can do is to promote the stores, like first and foremost, promote the stores. And then second, you know, it is about showing people that thrifting is as mainstream as it gets um, and should be mainstream. Um, But that also, you know, I think why it's so important is that you can, as you know, a male or a female go into the store and be like, you know what? I'm going to up level my life. I'm, I've got $20 in my pocket. What, what am I going to do with my fashion? That's really, you know, changing my direction in life toward where I want to go. So one of my most recent videos was with a woman whom, you know, she's, she's just, she's had it tough, you know, her, her fiance passed away, you know, um, it's just life, life can be hard, but you know what? Like, through self-transformation mm-hmm. and fashion as surface level as it is, it can be the first step. Um, so through thrifting and through the accessibility of that, we, we can decide, you know what, I might not be feeling that great, but what can I do? What can I control? What can I experiment with? Where can I go with this style um, that represents where I want to go in my life? I think it's, I think thrifting is a very deep spiritual experience. So coming up with the thrift style transformation idea. I didn't want it to be like, Oh, let's dress like this celebrity. You know, I'm sorry. It works for certain people. It's great. I watch that content, but I know why I'm here on this planet and it's, it's, it's to help people grow. Um, so that's really just, just to end on that. That's like the undertone of really all the content I, I create. I really like that story too, because the word transformation really stood out to me. I think that's what drew mm-hmm. me to those videos initially. And then that they were style videos was extra fun. But I just, yeah, I gravitated towards that word. It wasn't a makeover. Mm. It was a transformation. Thank I love that. Well done. How did you get into thrifting? Yeah. Like, where does um, that come so from for I'm you? I'm actually currently in my hometown um, as we speak. So I grew up in a town. It's most notably, um, I guess... Uh, how do I put this? Like immortalized for the Amish. It's Lancaster, Pennsylvania, not pronounced Lancaster, but Lancaster. And it's very close to what people argue is the antiques capital of the Northeast. 
I'm sure a lot of other towns might want to say that they're the, the antiques capital, but definitely an area of secondhand shops, antique stores, and just a lot of vintage. Um, so growing up, um, I was, I was a very creative, you know, water sign child, um, very, um, into writing and fashion and self-expression. And as soon as I got my license, I started thrifting. Um, so there were a couple of stores in downtown Lancaster, which are no longer there, which is very sad, but that's, you know, the industry. Um, and they were very affordable, um, even for like a 16 year old. And I bought, remember I bought a 1920s, um, Victorian, uh, no, that wouldn't have been the Victorian era. I forget. Um, ah, I'm blanking right now, but a 1920s morning dress. So it was black. It was a black lace dress. And I wore that for prom, like junior prom with this like red and black feather boa. And my boyfriend at the time wore a red suit with a top hat and, I'm pretty sure I scared some of my peers, but I looked amazing. And so, yeah, I wore this like <laughs> funeral garb to my prom. And then the next year I bought, it was very 80s, but like cute 80s. You know, when 80s, you're like, that's cute. But it was a little too long. So we had it altered. I remember it was $40. Like, I, I can't believe this. This was 15. I don't even know. How old am I now? I'm 33. Like, 16 years ago, something like that. And it looked amazing. And I, I, I look back at the photos. I'm like, I look amazing. And so really like I, I found vintage and then I, and, and thrifting at the same time, but I really focus on vintage first and foremost. Um, and by the time I was 24, you know, I realized over time, like this is better than H and M, you know, cause H and M wasn't everywhere back in the day. And I remember I did, I did shops in H&M and um, I, I don't think I'd experienced Forever 21 yet. You know, I, I, I'm not old, but sometimes, you know, you start to feel old when you're like, I remember when that opened. <laughs> so, um, right. You know, or like, oh, yeah. you remember when the gap was high quality, things like that. So, um, so by the time I was like 24, 25, I was just like, you know what? Like I'm thrifting first. That's it. Like there's no reason for me to even go buy a basic t-shirt at H&M anymore. So it grew over time, but it started with just a creative spirit and finding things that made me feel like myself ultimately. I love that. I, and it makes me think of what you said initially where I, I want to go back to it because I, I was disagreeing with you internally on one thing you said, and it turns out, I think we actually agree. I think we just say it differently that, um, you use, use the word mainstream, yes. that thrifting is mainstream. And I don't think so. I don't. Mm -hmm. I think it's creative. And that makes it not mainstream. That makes it divergent, mm -hmm. not convergent. And you are creative. And I can just tell from your videos on YouTube that you're being a stylist with these people. That's not like something mm -hmm. everyone can do. That's a talent. And maybe you're humble and you don't want to <laughs> embrace your talent sometime. I don't know. But you have a creative vibe. And when you go into a thrift store, I like what my last guest star said. She said she's a 
She is a thrifting <laughs> gangster, and she finds the thing. Uh huh. She finds the thing that like a hundred other people have passed up and makes it fabulous. Thank you. And you know what, Sam? I I appreciate that, that. You know, I think with all careers, and I'm just saying career for lack of better words, if you can find something, this is so cliche, but like truly, if you can find something that makes you excited and makes other people excited, you've won the jackpot. And with everything I do with thrifting, that's exactly it. Like I'm never bored. I'm always excited. I'm always amazed. And yeah, maybe it's a gift, but I feel like I have the power to make other people excited and happy and, you know, in the moment of this beautiful life, which is not promised every day, mm -hmm. but here we are. Yeah. And it comes across in your videos and now you're doing uh, Facebook group. Mm -hmm. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about your Facebook group? Yes, Thrift Babes. So um, <laughs> I always like to give context. So uh, I have a really great friend. Um, she has a group focused on Atlanta. It's called Thrifting Atlanta. So I saw her grow this group and stay committed. And I was involved in the group here or there. And so when I started, or when I decided to consciously step back into the thrift sphere as a leader, I knew a Facebook group was the way to go. Um, just because I think it's such a great community building. It's a free tool for community building. And I wasn't sure what the name was going to be. I think I, think I came up with like thrift witch, thrift goddess, thrift, like, you know, all these different names. And the one that stuck was Thrift Babe. And it later dawned on me, okay, why would I name a Facebook group Thrift Babe? Because, you know, it depends on your perspective of the word babe. But I think babe is like, I'm a babe. Like, it doesn't matter what. Like, you, I'm hot. Yeah. Like, but it kind of like, it doesn't matter what you think of me. I'm a babe for me. I'm, I could be a four-year-old babe or a 94-year-old babe. And so anyone who thrifts is a thrift babe in my group. Like it, it, it doesn't matter if you're this, you know, whatever fashion blogger with your DSLR camera um, and a Boca background, you know, it's it just, if you're posting a photo and you're celebrating your style and what you found, you're a thrift babe and you're, you're beautiful. And so that was where the name came from. So when people post in the group, I'm like, you are such a thrift babe right now. And I'm telling you, sometimes I'm just amazed at how amazing these women, because it's, it's, it's mostly women, boys are allowed, but it is mostly women, how amazing they look and just the, again, the excitement behind their posts. So, and I think being a babe is also about having a great personality. And I like to argue that thrifters have great personalities. <laughs> so I do too. I think we're, I think we're that, you know, we're like, um, the thrifting community. If it's not an old white bitch who's grabbing yes. at everybody, there's two kinds, right? But there's probably not, but that's what I'm going to say today. There's two kinds. There's grumpy old white ladies who want to ruin life for everybody. And then there's the rest of yes. us and we're on. Yes. And those, those grumpy old ladies can still be converted to thrift babes because somewhere we they were a thrift babe. Life just was right? hard on them. Yeah. What happened? Yeah, something happened. <laughs> something happened. We need a, a thrift babe times thrift therapy meetup where yeah. only old white ladies can come and it's like a group therapy session and we just start going to work that shit out. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> 
I well, we'll have to talk after yeah. this interview about that. Not a bad idea. Um, that that would be fun a meetup. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. I did a podcasting meetup uh, in Texas, and mm-hmm. it was really really fun. It was you know predominantly true crime because that seems to be the. I don't know. It's like everybody has a true crime podcast. It's like the thing to do yeah. in podcasting. But um, I think I I really think it would be fun to do like a a beauty or art or you know the creative field. Yes. Like have a creative uh, meetup where it's everybody who's like into creative podcasting could do like a little mini con or something. I think that'd be freaking fun. Enrolled. Sign me up. Enrolled. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let me get back to these fabulous questions I designed. Yes. (laughs) Um, So a lot of thrifters, you know, a lot of us share a very similar story of how we got into thrifting. And a lot of us, it's in our teens. Yeah. And for me, it also started with vintage. And then I migrated to the down and dirty thrift store and I didn't look back. I don't need a middleman. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I don't the middleman. Right. But I do have kind of collections that I obsess over and one of them is vintage dresses Mm -hmm. and right now in particular I'm into 1960s late 60s early 70s heavy duty polyester dresses that are fit and flare and right now Mm. I've got about 15 or 20 of them Mm. that I've got this year pretty stoked what are you collecting or obsessing about right now? love okay first of all love your wardrobe we are vintage style spirits in alignment i just got a fit and flare uh i'd say late 60s empire waist long sleeves um kind of like a coral pink not really appropriate for november december but come march i'm wearing that wearing that um and it's great where would wear what you want uh, yes. Oh, hundred percent. You're right. Okay. I'll wear it on like New Year's Eve. But anyway, um, what am I currently collecting? Unfortunately, it, I, I, I don't know why I'm saying unfortunately. Well, actually here's why coats. <laughs> I live, oh my God. I live in New York city. I didn't add this into this interview yet. So I've, I've lived in New York city about 10 years. There was a two year period. I was with a, a partner, uh, in New Jersey, but I'm back in New York because it's, it's my, my soulmate city. So in my, um, apartment that originated from 1910 my closets are pretty tiny yeah so I currently have about 20 coats I just acquired another one today I I I need to fact check the uh the fur um I only wear secondhand fur if if I choose to wear fur at all and it's from my my grandmother's collection it's been sitting in my father's closet and I saw him today so I was able to acquire it so now I have this beautiful I'm gonna I'm going to say it's fox, but I don't know. It could be mink, brown fur coat. So now I have like 21 or 22 coats, something like that. But I just find that being in New York City in the Northeast where it snows, where it rains, you know, we have all four seasons and they they show up full force. But in the winter, you need a fabulous coat because most people see you in your coat. You're on the subway, you're on the street you're shopping, you don't take off your coat, you know? So for me, the coat is like the dress and Ah. yeah. So my coat has to be amazing. Um, so yes, I, I just continue to acquire coats and I'm actually wearing a coat right now that I I purchased at a thrift store for $50. I know that sounds like a lot, but it's amazing. It's a Neiman Marcus red coat with these buttons with like the silhouette of a man on it. I mean, it's, Mm-hmm. the strangest thing guys I mean just imagine like this like 
kind of sexy looking man cartoon on your button like six times. It, it's it's so cool. <laughs> but two buttons fell off and I'm like, I am taking this to the best seamstress to sew these suckers on. So I will invest back in my coats just because they're notoriously amazing. So that's what I'm currently collecting. Well, good. You know what? You need to make a trip to Texas because um, I find the most amazing coats here. I have like more than 20. It's not even cold. But here's the thing. They're all like $10. Right. So what you need to do is come down here and just bring like one outfit and three suitcases and buy all the coats and then go back (laughs) to New York and you will, you'll be the queen (sighs) of the the ball. I get a storage unit. It would be really fun. Once I come back to New York, because I don't have the space. How is, um, mm-hmm. How's the thrifting in New York compared to other places? Such a great question. So I actually, um, I'll just quickly self-promote. I lead um, a guided thrift store tour in New York City, and I'm soon leading a flea market tour. Um, so I meet thrifters from around the country, and I'm, you know, also online. I've met thrifters from around the country, and I, I see their prices. So. Yes, firsthand, I will be the first one to tell you it is more expensive. Um, it's just because of overhead. It's, um, you know, cost of living, all of that, wages. Um, so what you might find in Texas for $2 is like $8 here. Uh, this coat I just purchased for 50 you know, it probably is sold for $10 near you. I think there's more sales um, all around the country. Um, New York City thrift stores tend to not do like dollar days and things like that. Now, in the past, there have been some amazing, amazing outlets um, for thrifting in bulk. So Housing Works is a chain, which is only New York City based, and they support um, ending AIDS and ending homelessness in New York City. And they used to do a buy the bag sale. So you would stuff a bag, like a grocery size bag full of clothes for $20. But guess what? They would throw all the clothes on the floor. So you'd be like hiking up a mountain of clothes and digging. (laughs) And it was unbelievable. But I guess some sort of legal issues came up. And after a year, they shut it down. I don't know. So... I know that, you know, as the years go on and I become an old grumpy lady living in New York City, there will be more underground places to shop and get things for cheap. But for the most part, you you might have a little bit of sticker shock, sticker shock when you're shopping in New York City. Now, on the flip side, um, you do find some great brands. You do find very creative pieces and, you know... It's hard to say because I know certain areas of the country might be like New York where, you know, there's a bunch of older people who are passing on and their entire home is being donated to thrift stores. So they have high end brands. But I would say New York City consistently you're you're you have a better chance of finding a designer brand or at at the very least something that's just super special and unique. That's really good information to have. I'm glad you shared that. I it, and in the last bit, it made me think of. I've heard that thrifting in Florida is out of this mm-hmm. world, especially for home furnishing. Yes, like, I always think I need to go there with like a trailer. Yeah, and fill it up and bring it back. Let's do let's do a road trip together. I'll fly. Where are you in Austin? I'm in San Antonio. Oh my gosh! I you know we were supposed to meet. I went to the final four this year. Oh, right on. So I, I don't know. Maybe I walked by. So, um, I'll fly to San Antonio, 
and we'll drive and we'll do podcasts on the road. And oh, that would be fun. We'll go to Florida. Done. There are so many thrift stores here. Like you would, you would probably want to do two legs of that because you're right. going to want to hit the stores here because compared to where you are, they're really cheap and there's so much stuff. And one of the things that makes the thrifting here so good is kind of the opposite thing that you have going on in New York. Mm-hmm. We have loads of space. And so people yeah. buy loads of shit. Yep. And mm-hmm. they don't need it all. So they donate like half of it. So that drives the prices down because people donate so much stuff. That's so true. yeah, it's, it's the opposite problem, but I, I take your point on, uh, labels and creative pieces and, and you guys have sample sales there to me. That's a kind of thrifting. Uh, yeah. We don't have those here. We, we don't have sample sales here. That's not a thing. Yeah. Sample sales though. Like you're looking at a $3,000, uh, Philip Lim, you know, coat for 300 <laughs> versus 3000. Um, that is a pretty big saving. It's a big saving. <laughs> but the good news is that a lot of times if things don't sell from the sample sale or if a store, um, you know, you know, I'm trying to find the word just sort of like goes bankrupt or sure. shuts, shut, yeah, shuts its doors. Lord and Taylor is shutting its doors at its Fifth Avenue and 38th Ugh. Street location. So I anticipate that most of the clothing they don't sell will yep. end up at Salvation Army or Goodwill for tax write-offs because they're trying to squeeze every dollar out of those clothes. So I will be finding Lord and Taylor cast-offs with the tag still on come January 5th because That's they're the done best. January 1st. Right. That's right. the best. I'm going to be interviewing uh, someone coming up who's in Dallas, and they say similar things about brands in Dallas, that the thrifting there is different than it is here because it's very brand. There, there's a lot of good brands for really cheap prices because they're still in Texas, so they have that space thing, mm-hmm. but that people in Dallas are label whores, so mm-hmm. you get like lots of good. Uh, and, and I'm reclaiming that word whore just like you're reclaiming the word babe. Like I yes. get to decide what a babe is. I get to decide what a whore is. And it's somebody who will do anything for clothes. Love <laughs> it. That's what we are. Like I'm a thrift whore for sure. I will do anything for thrift. I'm going after it. You need so, to see if that domain is available. Thrifthore.com. Thrift <laughs> hashtag thrift whore. Grab it. <laughs> Grab it. You know, I need zero more social networking in that's how many more I need zero negative you need to remove right I need to I need to close some shit so I think that um you have a really great story and I'm really it's really exciting to hear how you've moved all the way from you know a teenager with prom clothes to thrift babes but your time in New York it sounds to me like there's a big arc in your story that we haven't Mm -hmm. covered and maybe um you can come back on if you want to and talk about that because uh, it sounds to me like you had a successful business before, you sold it, and you're sort of starting over and rebranding. That might be its own episode. I don't know. You tell me. You are clearly a good psychologist because you just read my whole story. Absolutely. I had a life epiphany, built a brand, and had a kind of just like, you know, if, if you're reading The Alchemist, if you know that story, mm-hmm. I got a little sidetracked, kind of hung out in a town on the way to my treasure 
that mm-hmm. wasn't, I thought it was my treasure and it wasn't my treasure. And then when I realized it wasn't my treasure, I was like, peace, I'm going to get back, you know, into the desert. So I'm like back in the desert, but like, I'm enjoying the journey. So I'm back in the thrift journey and, you know, we will absolutely talk about this, but I have every intention of just continuing to offer women a space to be themselves through thrifting as well as create community. And my, um, my two-year plan is to have retreats and to have the first ever thrift style conference (gasps) in New York city with panelists such as yourself, sponsors, sustainability brands showing up and teaching us how we can take our climate back again amen and uh, all sorts of amazing things such as swap events and this or that so um yeah we will absolutely continue to 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 chat about those things that's great and i think um you know when you're further along in your reinvention it would be really nice to have you come back on and talk about reinvention and how that Mm. works and because i do think as thrifters most of us have some like you said we have Uh, this desire to transform objects or to be transformed by objects. And that's part of our thrifting excitement. I love that. Not everybody uh, that thrifts needs to thrift. And most of us, I think, have needed to thrift at different times in our life. And we still thrift even when we don't need to out of financial necessity. Yes. But we have some kind of relationship with the experience. And um, I, I would really like to give inspirational stories at some point in this podcast where people come on and tell about their their transformations because at my age I've certainly reinvented myself a couple times Mm -hmm. and I hear you're in that process right now where you're reinventing yourself and I think it'd be really fun to talk about that maybe this just isn't the time but I hear a big story going on with you and I think it's very exciting and Thank I just you. want to amplify that, you know, like get out there and get your thing going. And and uh, I would love to pr- participate and, and help you uh, reach people that you're trying to reach. Uh, Thank you. You sound so motivated and positive, and I just love it. Thank you. Well, like, like finds like eventually, right? We're just magnets. Yeah. I love it. I love the thrifting community. The, it's, it's so fun. Me We're the too. best people. Yeah, for, for well, sure. Hashtag best people. Hashtag best people. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag everything. Best people. <laughs> hashtag all it's all over. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag thrift questions. Let's do the thrift oh, questions. Oh my gosh, yes. Okay. How often do you thrift? Three times a week. Oh, goodness. I love it. You're expert level for sure. I know. It's the best. I feel a little jealous. I would love to thrift three times a week. That sounds fun. It's fun. I've got to up my game. I did thrift three times this past weekend. Mm, yeah, because of the holiday. Yeah, it was heavy duty. Yes. Heavy duty. Did you find Expert something? Li- oh, my God. I got so many good things. I got three $50 bags, one at each of my trips. Nice. They got progressively bigger, the bags. Oh. So the deals got better. <laughs> That's amazing. That's the good part. Congratulations. Right. Thank you. Uh. Do you like to go alone or with friends? This is interesting. I thrift with a group often because of my business, but I love going by myself and doing Facebook Live. So that's something I do. I'll get on Facebook Live. I'll show people some stuff, sort of, you know, talk about the pieces, blah, blah, blah. 
and then I'll have my alone time. So I guess I'm half and half Mm -hmm. with it. I get that. Yeah. You have two different experiences. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, if I go into a vintage store, I think what's interesting, and I, I consider vintage thrifting, but just from a whole different like you said, relationship with the experience. Um, I love talking to the salesperson and I love having the salesperson suggest things to me. So that's sort of group thrifting to me as well. Cause I'm not just in there like with my earbuds on, you know, like looking at all the pieces, I'm getting to know the proprietor or the salesperson. I could do better at that. Mm-hmm. I could. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get my resting thrift face on in my earbuds. Do you have a resting thrift face? I did. I I was a reseller. So that's part of the story we haven't covered. And when I was a reseller, I think this was before iPhones. Again, getting older before iPhones. Um, I may have had an iPod, like, you know, one of the little ones that you kind of like throw on your belt loop. So I, yes, for sure. It was like, because I was searching for vintage, it was like, every single garment had to be looked at and the garments in the return rack and the garments on the floor and in the men's section. So yeah, totally had it back in the day. Yeah. It's like a furrowed brow, very focused. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Do you believe in thrift gods? Absolutely. A hundred, a thousand percent. <laughs> so here's an example. I was leading a tour And at the beginning of my tour, I will often ask everyone, what are you looking for? Here's why. What you're looking for, someone else might find for you in the thrift store. We need to communicate. Also, the thrift gods hear you. I pray to the thrift gods in the morning. And I do. I'm on the subway, have a little talk with myself, talk with thrift gods. So this woman, um, well, she was a young lady. She was about 15. She was going to a Drake concert. And she's like, I'd love to find a Drake t-shirt. I'm like thinking to myself we're not going to find a Drake t-shirt. Like, come on. Guess, guess you found a Drake t-shirt. We made in the thrift store, the first store. And it That's was amazing. Epic. It was like a vintage Drake t-shirt, like beyond epic. So yeah, it's, we, I mean, we've manifested Doc Martens. We've manifested um, the perfect coat that just got better. Like it's hard to describe, you know, on the podcast, but it just got better. It's so absolutely thrift gods. Um, If I could have a little mantle with like a little figure that represented the thrift God, I'd have it, but I don't know what the thrift God looks like. I think he or she or her is the embodiment of just all good things in mankind. (laughs) So maybe I should just put a heart. (laughs) I think I should have a contest. What does the thrift God look like and put it on a t-shirt? that's a great idea do yeah it. well do I think it. I will I think I will I think that'd yeah. be really good because I can't yeah. figure out what it looks like either right now in my mind it's like the Blair Witch project <laughs> <laughs> like you're walking through the forest and you stumble in a clearing and there's weird wood creatures hanging in the middle of the forest those are the thrift gods that's... they're not scary they're just thrift gods they're like gremlins before they get wet they're fine <laughs> they're cute don't piss them off, though. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We need to have a bottle of wine between us. You're hilarious. That's funny. <laughs> uh, what else? Oh, yeah. Do you have a list or spontaneous? What's your vibe? Mm-hmm. Spontaneous. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. not a lister. No. Unless I'm looking for shoes. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have an items list, like roughly, you know, like kitchen. Yeah. Very vague. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need utensil. I need, you know, it's like, I don't know what color it is. I don't know what it I just know I need this kind of thing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I should, I should have a list because, you know, it's interesting. Like I'm very into self-development and, um, manifesting, you know, an incredible partner in my life whenever that's supposed to happen. And I've been thinking to myself, you know, I need to like revisit who this person is because Mm -hmm. I've changed and I've got some serious queen consciousness now. So lists are, lists are important. I I think it's, I think it's important to like almost write it and then like, let it go. You got to put it there. You just got to put it out there. Right. So I think that's a good thrift challenge. Maybe you and I can cross promote in our groups to write a wish list for the new year and just, you know, kind of put it in a drawer and then see if it manifests throughout the year. Oh, that's fun. I, yeah. in psychology, we call it a, um, a confirmation bias. And what it what? means is that if you put your, you're going to have a hypothesis in your head and your brain is going to seek to fulfill that because for it not to be fulfilled, you know, means you believe something that's not true, which our brain's just not going to have that. So then we seek to confirm it, meaning that our attention becomes focused on the thing that we are interested in. Yes. So putting it out there means uh, making yourself focus on it, basically. So right. That's a good thing to do. I think uh, as I've been doing the thrift bags, my lists have definitely grown. Mm -hmm. Now I have listed like I need size 14s, not in pink or orange. Mm, (laughs) So specific. I definitely have many more lists in my heads now, in my head now, and I run them in my head. But I did start a spreadsheet and I feel like that's really helping me. uh, That's amazing that better it's it, it feels better in my head and I yeah. have more clarity about what I'm looking for so yeah and that good. that good energy is your magnet it's your yeah. self-operating magnet mm-hmm. I think so I think it's mm-hmm. good uh do you have a best or worst thrift story Whew. okay so when I was a reseller it's funny because it's it's it, it ends it's a happily ever after story when I was a reseller and going to every thrift store I could possibly go to. I'd go to like Northern New Jersey. I'd like drive into Pennsylvania. I'd go to Philly. Um, you know, I was just buying stuff up pretty fast, pretty, pretty quickly. And, um, I guess I wasn't always washing it, which is like quite terrible to admit. But now that I'm thinking back on the story, that must've been the case. So I'm selling at this pop-up and it, I think to date it might've been one of my most successful pop-ups where I made like $2,000 in a day or something. And yeah. And, you know, I was buying up a lot of jumpsuits, colored, you know, shorts, things like that. So this, this young lady, um, finds a jumpsuit and it has like a snap crotch and she's like, how much? And I'm like, oh my God, this is so great. Like, that's why, what's what I used to do with my customers. I would, you know, I would confirmation bias. I would confirm that it was a great purchase. And then I like looked inside and like there was a massive period stain. <laughs> oh my god! It wasn't fresh, but it was like a stain. And I, I looked at her and I said, "Okay, I just found this. I said, if you still want it, just take it for five dollars." And she's like, "Sure." <laughs> I'm like, "Okay." 
<laughs> get it away from me I didn't notice that was there so like that's like <laughs> I mean that's just something that comes up top of mind I mean obviously I probably have worse stories like I've had like fur coats that I just thought were like dope shit you know hashtag dope shit and like the fur is like coming off and I'm like what's yeah. happening like why is it and I'm like oh my god like this thing is like falling apart and shedding that's very sad Best story yeah. still to this day is in 2009, I was thrifting in Pennsylvania and um, I think I was at a Goodwill and I'm going through the silk scarves and I found this beautiful scarf and I'm like, wow, this is beautiful. And I'm like, this is freaking Hermes. And it was 99 cents. And that's what, it's like a 100 to 150 to $175, you know, average resale value scarf. Um, and I actually ended up, um, cause I'm not, I mean, it's pretty, but I'm like, I would not call me preppy. I'd yeah. say there's like 2% prep in my style. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, and I kind of consider that like a more of like a preppy piece. So, um, or more of a classic piece. So I gave it to a fashion blogger who's amazing. Um, she's such a beautiful spirit and she ended up like tagging me, you know, when she wore it in a post and that was great. So that was like, you know, the gift that kept on giving 99 Mm -hmm. cents to, you know, a little self-promotion. So, but I mean, I, I'm always finding amazing things. I think that, um, the most amazing thing too, is that we all, you know, can reach this place in thrifting where we know that there's always treasure. So, it helps us not be too attached to things. There are things I have sold. I kind of regret, but then I think to myself, it's okay. You know, I've lived long enough without it. I don't need to be that nostalgic about it in this moment. Like I'll find something else that gives mm-hmm. me the same energy. I agree 100%. I love both of those stories. And who doesn't have a period stain story? Seriously. And that, you know what? <laughs> Fuck the stigma on that anyway. Right. You know, it's whatever. It's bodily fluid. It's gross. I get it. But it shouldn't be gross just because it's a period. It should- you know, fuck the stereotypes about yeah, period Yeah, don't stains. gross out I love it. because it's a female yeah. uh, stain, you know. Like, it just bodily fluids are gross. It's totally fine. And I love the, the 99 cent resale story because I think reseller stories, they all sound like that. It's so cool because you find this thing for like a dollar and it turns into something or it, it is something that has a bigger uh, do to it. And you feel like, I like what Star said, you feel like a gangster. Like you just somehow yes. invented something badass. And mm-hmm. it, even though you're really being sort of lucky and, but you feel like right. there's a feeling that goes with that. That's really hard to explain. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's a natural high. It's so good. Drug free. So good. Yep. Thrift therapy. I love it. Thrift therapy. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the end of the interview. I'm so glad you came on. Mm, I feel amazing. I feel like that was a therapy session. What do I owe you? <laughs> Thank you. Just lots and lots of love. Hmm. Of course, of course. Thank you for having me, Levine. Well, I can't wait to be on your Facebook page and spread some thrifty love. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, we'll talk soon. I'll see you online. Okay, see you online. Bye, thrift space. Bye, stay thrifty. (laughs) Bye. That concludes today's episode of Thrift Therapy. Thank you so much for tuning in. So grateful to have our awesome guests join us. Be sure and head on over to 
iTunes to rate, review, and subscribe to Thrift Therapy. It really does help us out in the rankings. And tell a friend. If you want to become a Patreon supporter or you want to shop the Thrift Therapy stores or get some Thrift Therapy merch, all things Thrift Therapy can be found at thrifttherapypod.com. I hope to see you online. Hit me up on social media and stay thrifty, y'all.